Delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.tv. Taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 519 of the Drew Techies for Saturday, December 19th, 2020. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less. With Aaron Fisher and myself, Jimmy Bunting. We come together once a week to discuss, debate, converse, scrutinize and explore the world of tech. This week, PayPal knows how to scare users away. The Apple M1 chip really is all it's hyped up to be. And the driving factor between humans and their attachment to their smartphone. Welcome to what is the first show in December for the 19th of December. You can work out what is wrong with that, I am sure. Although if going by 2020 standards, nothing's wrong with that. Can we blame COVID, Aaron? Is that really a feasible excuse? What are, sorry, what are we blaming COVID for? The lack of content over a week-to-week basis in the probably second half of 2020. Yes. Yes, we just blame COVID for everything. Everything on COVID. <laughs> we can only apologise. But again, we, we kind of have this thing. We're not going to produce a show if there's very little to produce on. And to be fair, the last few weeks have been a bit busier, but uh, other things haven't lined up either. So we're back. Here we are. Hopefully 2021 will be a better year for consistency. I think 2020 probably has to be the worst thus far. And as a result, for the first time in the show's history, there has not been a Christmas gift guide either. And again, we apologise for that. I don't know about you, Aaron, and this is an excuse. It's not an excuse not to do it, but I think the, 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 the idea of a gift guide is so much different now because product devices, there are much more monopolies, uh, much more monopolies, that's great English. There are many more monopolies across certain industries and product groups from a set few companies. It's actually hard to find unique individual products because everyone just uses the same things. You either have an Android I- smartphone or an iOS smartphone. Phone. I think I think as well this year it's slightly hard to sit here and like come up with a list of you know lots of expensive things and like consumerist consumerism jokes and whatnot like yeah it's just hard to get into the motivation of doing that this year when you just know so many people are in, are in such a dire situation and I appreciate for many people like listening to podcasts watching videos whatever it is is often an, an escape from the real world but unfortunately it is the real world and we are all living it so I think it's just yeah, tricky to, uh, to A, as you say, it's kind of hard to recommend stuff these days just because it's either the same stuff every year um, or it's, uh, especially in 2020, it's just kind of hard to, to, to talk about that kind of stuff when knowing what so many people are going through. Difficult times. And the obvious cliche has been let's hope 2021 is a better year. I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but I certainly don't think it's going to be um, overnight success with that one. But hopefully we are, the vaccine, since the last episode, the vaccine has been rolled out in the United Kingdom. I do believe America have started their phased rollout as well, um, and other countries in continental, continental Europe um, as well. And, and so we're in the early days of that, but that 
is at least some sort of fleeting positivity that we haven't had um, up until now. So with any luck, second half of 2021 will be much more prosperous. But unfortunately, I think it's a guessing game at this point and we just have to work with what we have. But sometimes it's about your outlook. It's about your 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 resilience to these things. And I know that's very rich saying that everyone's in a different situation, as you've alluded to, Aaron. Some people are really feeling the dire effects of this um, and others aren't. And um, it's easy for someone who is on the, the latter part of that, like yourself and I, Aaron, whereby, yep, it, it's affected everyone to some extent, but I would I would say I'm pretty thankful in that it hasn't had a, 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 an over-finding effect on either of us, I would say, comparative to other people. And so it's easy for us to sit back and say, yeah, be resilient and yeah, just change your mindset. It's easy to say, but if you're going through it, not necessarily easy to do. So I, we, we, we appreciate that. I know, I know a lot of people, obviously, after the news came out uh, this week or today about um the uk or specifically in england basically cancelling christmas in many areas um just due to another strict lockdown and you know retails will shut up shop as of midnight um and all stuff like that it's you really feel for the the people who are living alone at times like this you know i guess loneliness and whatnot christmas has always been you know it's quite an extreme problem is every year um i think this year has been particularly tough on on every Everyone, I guess, living alone or not, you know, it's been tough on everyone. I know, I know a lot of people who are instead of gift exchanges or gift giving, um, a lot of people are donating or, or going much smaller on the on the gifts and, and donating, you know, money to to charities, you know, whatever it be, uh, homelessness or food banks or, or anything, um, because it really is times like these where you realise that things like that are severely underfunded at the best of times. And when you've heard all the stories this year, more and more people. People leaning on food banks and 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 whatnot, especially in the earlier earlier part of the year when this all happened. Um, you know, it feels like every every day at the moment we're reading about job losses and and whatnot. And this is a country that so so uh, so much of its uh, population, you know, barely scraped by above the poverty line. Even you know pre twenty twenty, that I think this year is uh, it's tough on everyone. It's tough on a lot of people. It's tough on everyone. Tougher on others. And I know a lot of people wanted christmas was the uh or is the positive thing of the year you know we've always spoken about or i don't know about you but we've always spoken about how much you know it's it's the the shining light in every year isn't it it's, you know a one positive thing and it's it's fun to talk yeah. about you know tech and the bluetooth kettles and wi-fi frying pans and whatnot but yeah this year it just it's really is trying to make the best of a best of a bad situation absolutely absolutely and and you said and that yourself to, uh, about about having a, an out for certain people and and, and programs movies podcasts and so on and i guess in a way um obviously our our content has been uh sparse in in certain areas and so hopefully um not to sound in any way big headed but hopefully we're aware that that people do enjoy joining us once a week normally to uh to talk tech and to listen tech listen tech my english really is fantastic at this point and um, how do podcasts speak <laughs> yeah, pretty much how to speak <laughs> Um, hopefully, hopefully that's that that is a thing, and I'm not saying just for our show, but in in general, in terms of podcasting. Um, and I had that conversation not so long ago with someone about podcasts and their 
basically exponential growth um, over recent times. And it just seems that ever, and I'm not trying to say we were generational starters or anything, but, you know, we've been doing it for nearly 11 years now. But we were. Um, and so many celebrities now have a podcast, Aaron. I guess you could say we're celebrities, right? No, 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 no. It doesn't work <laughs> like that, does it? I mean, you're not wrong. This year really is the year that just like everyone and their uncle has a podcast. And that's that's a good thing. You know, mm. I think some of my good, favorite, right? yeah. some of my favorite podcasts like um, Zach Braff and Donald Faison this year created uh, Fake Doctors Real Friends. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Zach Braff Donald, and Donald Faison are the stars of Scrubs, the, the TV show that ended like 10 years ago. Um, and they've basically been doing one episode per episode of Scrubs. They're going on an entire rewatch of the show that they starred in. Um, and it's mm. fascinating to hear the stories. They get fans involved. You know, people phone up. They're a pretty comedic duo anyway. So it works yeah. really well. And that's quickly became, you know, the, they say it themselves. It's it's a little bit of an escape for them and then it's escape for hopefully the listeners as well. And it's quickly become, I think, one of my favorite podcasts of the year. Helps obviously being a massive Scrub fan anyway. Um, but yeah, there's um, there's been some great shows pop up this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we have plenty to talk about on the show. Before that, we will go to the quick news. Facebook has decided to switch off several interactive options and offer just a core messaging service until it can add the extras back. In group chat polls on Messenger, are among the tools to be switched off. The ability to set nicknames for friends on Messenger will also be deactivated while the sharing of augmented reality face filters or direct message on Instagram will also be switched off in Europe. Facebook said that it had not published a list of all features it was suspending in Europe because it would be quickly reactivating ones that it was confident complied with the rules. The core text messaging and calling options on Instagram and Messenger will not be affected. Sony has pulled Cyberpunk 2077, one of the year's most anticipated games, from its store and offered refunds to all players. The unprecedented move follows complaints that the game has been riddled with bugs and glitches and is prone to crashing. Microsoft later said it would refund any dissatisfied Xbox players as well. Developed CD Projekt Red has promised to issue patches to improve the game for those who did not return it. It's unclear when Sony Interactive Entertainment plans to return the game to the PlayStation Store. Twitter-owned app Periscope this week announced that the dedicated app for the live video service will be shut down in March of next year, now that most of the Periscope functionality has transitioned into the Twitter app. The Periscope app in its current state is a unsustainable maintenance mode state, while declining usage and rising costs. The Periscope team says that leaving the app as is isn't doing right by the current and former Periscope community or by Twitter. The writing has been on the wall for Periscope because the app's core capabilities are already available through Twitter itself. In fact, the Periscope team says that the app would have been pulled sooner but projects were reprioritized because of the events of 2020. And finally, Google applications including YouTube, email and Docs suffered a rare service outage last week, with users unable to access many of the company's services. The outage started shortly before noon UK time on Monday, with Google Sites returning server errors when visited. Users around the world reported problems with Gmail, Google Drive, the Android Play Store, Maps and more. Google search engine, however, remained unaffected by the problems affecting its other services. 
Despite the widespread outage, Google Services dashboard initially showed no errors before switching to red status across all of its services. Many individuals and services and businesses rely on Google for basic work apps such as email and calendars, and users of Google Docs could continue to work if they had synced documents offline, but were unable to use any of the online features. So these these new rules within the European Union, I, I have to be honest, I am aware of them, but I haven't actually taken a really deep delve into what they do and do not allow or permit. Uh, they seem privacy related, but to me, the, the response from the likes of Facebook and hence Instagram, I think is, is that seems to be a bit more of a protest rather than complying with the rules. I think they've went one up. They've said, right, well, if you're not allowed to do this, we're just going to completely make the app pretty rubbish and, and people will get annoyed and we'll just blame it on the EU. It, is that... Oh. Maybe that's just me. This is the same week that Facebook also decided to launch a full-blown ad campaign in American newspapers going up against Apple because Apple have dared to protect the privacy of their users. I mean, the absolute outrage. I mean, how dare they protect our privacy? And Facebook are, I think, quote, fighting for small businesses. Wait, no, hang on a minute. That's not right, is it? It's just... No, it's, it's really I know not. Tim Cook tweeted... Tim Cook uh, tweeted about it as well, um, just kind of reaffirming Apple's stance on, you know, privacy. It, privacy shouldn't be uh, something you have to give up. And I think Facebook are very much in the camp of, well, people should give it up, or people have given it up, or, oh, but everyone else does it. You know, just... I don't under... This ad campaign just... I couldn't believe it. I thought I was reading The Onion when I saw it. Like, I thought it was satire. The mm. fact that they actually used the words they did, took out a full-blown ad campaign, and then had the cheek to say that they were fighting um, on behalf of small businesses, was just like, do you look at yourselves in the mirror, or do you see that you are the problem? You know, Apple are doing this because of you. Apple wouldn't have to do this. Other companies wouldn't have to do this. Because I don't doubt that companies like uh, Google and whatnot will likely follow as best they can without harming their own businesses. Um, Apple are in a very privileged position where, you know, they don't make money off of users after they've bought the device or outside of a subscription to TV or music or whatever. Um, they are not interested in who you are, where you go, what you look at. doesn't matter to them. So they are going to sell privacy as a feature and they've been doing that for, for so many years now. And obviously one of the changes in iOS 14, which has already been pushed back. I remember us talking not that long ago. It was a feature that was meant to launch I assume with 14.0 um, and I think it was pushed back to around now or January. Um, the ad tracking feature, you know, the iPhone will start alerting you or it'll start giving you options between tracking uh, between apps and whatnot, I think. Um, and this is what Facebook and a lot of other companies that are in this business are unhappy about. Um, bearing in mind that Apple already exposed a lot of companies, i.e. Instagram, in iOS 14 with the uh, pasteboard notifications. In iOS 14, I mean, it should only be a notification that pops up when you paste something. So, you know, when you copy something from one app and you go and paste it in the other, it now comes up at the top and go, oh, you pasted from your email or Safari or whatever. Well, when iOS 14 beta came out and these notifications were enabled, it turned out that obviously any app that is uh, secretly snooping on your pasteboard or your clipboard in the background will pop up a notification. And I think it turned out like apps like TikTok and Instagram were just rife with constantly pinging the pasteboard for certain things. Now, some apps do it legitimately 
ultimately. Um, some apps, I think that like, you take deliveries for an example. Um, if you've copied a link from like a tracking, a parcel tracking link from your email, when you open up the deliveries app, it checks what's in your clipboard and go, oh, we see you've put in a DPD delivery and you can click add. So there are apps that are legitimately air quotes snooping the baseboard, but for, for their own reasons, whereas companies like Facebook and Instagram and I don't know, TikTok or whomever, it's never for a legitimate reason. No matter how many full page ads Facebook wants to take out in newspapers, it's never a legitimate reason. And I think just the fact that they're portraying Apple as the bad guy. I mean, we all have our problems with big companies. You know, Apple are not perfect in any way. Um, I think you've just got to look at certain app store debacles in the first uh, year or so. Um, Apple are, are, are by no means perfect. But yeah, this is just, it just, it was such an odd thing to read about this week. And it's just like, who does Facebook think is going to feel sorry for them? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll touch on that after, um, just after the, the final quick news here, because it is there is a bit more to it in terms of, yeah, it's, it, I think it's backfired on, on Facebook. And I would question who authorized it in the company, who actually thought this was a good idea, because it's obviously gone through multiple. Uh, in fact, it definitely went through multiple departments before getting approved. Did someone, not just someone, not say that that, that might not work in our favor? We'll, we'll think about it after. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. So a well sought after game this year. Huge uh, drive to get it out and hugely anticipated. And it's been pulled from the store. <laughs> so I mean, there were physical copies of it as well. Um, but but Sony are offering refunds to all purchasers and players. And Microsoft so, will be doing the same for Xbox. Such an odd, well, not an odd situation, but it's like a situation I think we've seen. Like this has been brewing for some time. Cyberpunk was a game that I think was pushed back multiple times. Um, and games get pushed back all the time. Movies get pushed back. Everything gets pushed back. And I think legitimately this year, probably more than ever. Uh, But Cyberpunk is a game that's been in development, I think, for, I think, as you said, like nearly 10 years or something. Um, And you only get the opportunity to launch a game once. The fact that they've obviously had to pull it and whatnot. I mean, I'm sure they will fix this stuff. I think they put a patch out today or yesterday, um, which fixes like a laundry list of bugs. But seeing the pictures online, reading people's comments. I remember I think yesterday I was reading on Reddit so when this news came out, I was looking on the uh, Cyberpunk game subreddit and someone was like, oh, I don't get what the complaint's about. Mine only crashes once a day. <laughs> once a day. <laughs> like, there's not there's not an acceptable level of crashes. Like, everything crashes. Everything breaks every once in a while. But if your Mac crashed once a day or if Audio Hijack crashed once a day or something, you'd get pretty annoyed, wouldn't you? Um, You know, crashing every once a every while or when you do something, I don't know, you know, so everything breaks at some point, but going like, oh yes, it's acceptable that my game crashes once a day while playing it, you know, and there are other people reporting that like it crashes multiple times a day on them. Um, I mean, I've seen someone put together like a little trailer of all of the bugs in the game and it's just hilarious. Like it just looks unfinished and like it never went through testing. And I think I would imagine if you talk to anyone who works at, at at um, Project Red, I bet that the developers and teams have known about this and they've probably been very vocal about this for a long time, but I'm assuming this comes from like a top-down situation where corporate wanted to hit deadlines or, you know, they wanted to get it out before Christmas or whatever it is. Um, Because
because I imagine there's a fine line between, you know, stretching the budget to do it properly and trying to get it out before a holiday season or whatever. And you've just seen like it's been an absolute disaster for them. Like this game was highly anticipated. Like this game was I think everyone I know on the planet seems to have pre-ordered it or bought a new console for it or whatever it was. And for it to just be this kind of a letdown. I get the impression that the game is fairly good. Um mm. but most people's talking points when they talk about it is how broken it is or how buggy it is or how unfinished it is which is just a shame because they'll take this off the stores I'm sure they'll fix it it sounds like they're already on top of it but you never get you, you can't launch it again that that second yeah. opportunity that second wave never comes you know so that's eight years ten years worth of work a decade's worth of work that ultimately culminates in a botched launch and that's what people will remember it for um, games have issues when they launch I think you look at GTA 5 that wasn't a super smooth launch it obviously wasn't as bad as this but gta 5 i think because it wasn't as hilariously bad it just had you know if you remember when gta 5 launched it had like loads of uh, server issues and online issues and, uh, and connectivity issues and all kinds of stuff i think um and people generally kind of forget about that now um yeah. gta 5 has gone down as one of the best selling games ever I, I think like it's i think it's coming out on the place it's coming out on the next generation consoles like it spans three generations of consoles now it's insane yeah it's 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 lived the tale of time exactly and people kind of forget that stuff but this is like oh for sony to, to yank it from the store and go you know what we're gonna offer refunds is like that takes some you know that takes something from them so yeah not good i feel really bad for the developers of the game because not it's not their fault like that's their hard work and all it's ever gonna be known for is this Let's hope they can get it fixed soon and back in the store, but oof, yeah, not good. Periscope shutting down. Uh, most functionality has transitioned to Twitter over um, over recent times, I guess. And as Twitter say, this would have happened before now if it hadn't have been for uh, projects being reprioritized because of how 2020 has, has went. And then probably more notable, Google had a sincere major outage um, on Monday, which I actually didn't experience anything. I would I would use Google services. I didn't, well, I wasn't using them at that time. I remember you sent me a message about it, and uh, that, that was about it, but it, from, from NIN UK time, but I think they got it fixed pretty quickly. Um, wonder how many hours of productivity were lost there worldwide. Yeah, well, I think a couple of people just, uh, Google have released, um, I think I saw it on 9 to 5 Google earlier, Google have released uh, like a breakdown of what happened, you know, what how they fixed it, that kind of thing, which is I imagine gonna be quite an interesting read. Um it's unusual for like the entirety of Google services to stop working aside from the search engine. It did look um when it started happening, it looked uh, very much like it was related to authentication in some way because people were finding like if you were logged in, YouTube stopped working. If you signed out or opened it in private mode, it worked fine. Um and then obviously anything that only works for authentication, so Google Docs or, or whatever was never gonna work. Um, I imagine that's probably why the search engine continued working as well. Um, but yeah, that'd be interesting to read because it makes headline, you know, breaking news when Google, a, a service we rely on probably too much, mm. goes down. I think I, I saw a lot of people tweeting. It's like, wow, you know, entire businesses just sort of stop for 20 minutes. Um, companies I've worked at previously, you know, their entire everything is done via Google Workspaces or whatever they call it now, um, which is, you know, Docs, Drive, Sheets for business. Um, I imagine places like that, it's like, oh, okay, 
well, we're stuck for 20 minutes. Um, yeah. if you can't do I guess anything. at the start, it was the uncertainty. How long is this going to last? What is it? Are we only affected? And then it was people realized it was a global outage. Google acknowledged it and, and got the problem sorted. So yeah, not good. Uh, we do have plenty to talk about. Before we do that, um, we have other things to talk about i guess in that apple have just gotten a bunch of money from us in recent weeks um you'd, you'd ordered had you ordered your no I, I genuinely think this is how i don't think you'd ordered your phone either i I've think just given the story I, there was meant to be a big build up sorry and, uh and, i mean i don't your android phone i purchased an android phone yes <laughs> and then can't keep a straight show, face or joins us every week well no that's not true and, and will never be true. You do have. Sorry, I, I, you you I do love Android phones, so I've um I believe you you said about you were considering switching something like that. I I, I don't believe such words did come out of my mouth. I specifically fine. remember you saying how much you love them no, and how much better think, they were. I think and how you hated your new mm, phone, something like that. No, no, I didn't say that. Uh, what's interesting, actually, just while we're on the topic of the phone, I'll take it first since you just ruined the surprise, Aaron. Um, yeah. So I read a poll through the week on a site, and now. Now, it wasn't an Apple site. It, it definitely wasn't. I cannot remember where it was. However, the results were really quite interesting. Uh, it was basically iOS versus Android, and there was quite a representative sample, so there was a, a, quite a lot of responses. So, you know, it wasn't just 20 people responded, and there, there could have been um, a case of bias to the information or the data they were getting or anything like that. Well, there still could have been, but um, I'm nearly sure it was something like, I can't remember exactly, but it was pretty close to 70-30 in iOS's favour. And I actually was quite surprised at that, because I genuinely thought Android had a, a much bigger global reach, um, especially in, 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 in Eastern European countries as well. Because I know when, when you and I have visited Iron, that that seems to be the the thing. And I'm not necessarily meaning Samsung um, or LG or other major manufacturers. Um, smaller companies as well who create Android phones and manufacture them um, across the globe. But interesting. But, but of course, it's not decisive information, but it just it made me think. Um, I think... And as a, as a disclaimer to what Aaron said about Android, whilst I don't ever see myself using it personally basically because i am just invested in the ios ecosystem i, I use a mac i use an iphone i use an ipad i have a, a an apple watch i use apple's airpods i'm really not making a good case myself here but i, I just boy. prefer apple Band boy Band boy <laughs> But but at the same time, I completely oh, appreciate how good competitor products are and can be. Not all of them, but 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 a good lot of them. Um, and I I, I don't believe one is better than the other across the board. I think they're all good at doing different Band things. Boy. And most importantly, it's it's what's right for the person, the user. If you like it, that's all that matters. You should go into a career of politics. Thanks. <laughs> that was uh, that was a very good way of uh, keeping the other side happy. <laughs> well, the thing is, but but the point is, Aaron. Um, we we enjoy using what we use, but other people might see it the way we see Android, and that's but but that's fine. It doesn't, and in, if anything, it works in our favor. We want progression, we want development in what we use with Apple products. The only reason Apple make and develop their products at the rate they do is because Android are doing the same thing. Do you think uh, Apple would put so much into a release if they didn't have to? No, they wouldn't. So it's it's that competition that means that the industries don't stagnate. Um, I, the I also don't. well competition as well helps drive down price or helps stop it going to like if you control mm. a market you control the price but yeah. um i think as well like android versus 
versus iOS. It's like, why do, why do people, we joke about it, but why do people care? Like, let people use what they want to use. Like, I'm sick of every time you go online or every time there's a phone launch, it's like Apple fans bashing Android fans or Android fans bashing Apple fans. And the same goes for, for, for Macs and whatnot. It's kind of less so. But I mean, it happens in every community. You just look at uh, uh, PlayStation versus Xbox and whatnot. It's just like, who care? Why do people get so invested? Like, just let people, does it affect you? No, great, move on. You know, yeah. Just, but yeah. Alas, anyway, so... um. Yeah, I, I spoke on a previous episode in recent weeks, months, uh, when the iPhone 12 came out, that it, it was likely I could probably, maybe, potentially find myself purchasing one. I just wasn't sure which one, and I guess I just wasn't sure whether I... N- well, I didn't need. No one needs. Um, it's all, if, you've, if you have a phone, it's that's what you need. But um, I, I'd used the 7 Plus for four years, and kind of felt an upgrade was on the horizon battery life was starting to go in the seven um some functionality i mean it, it wasn't there was nothing restrictive but there were certain things which uh newer iterations had which i would have liked and with a little bit of peer pressure <coughs> Aaron, um, um i came to the decision i would just purchase one i'm a bad and influence on happened. people's wallet mm, you are most certainly so yeah uh iphone 12 pro um i've had it for a good number of weeks now it's it's a it's an iphone um superb build quality works very well battery life is is very good i must give it that um and really that's all i have to report thus far camera is very very good um the, the wide angle lens is yeah it's cool i can't deny um ios 14 runs really well on it no issues so yeah the thing is it's kind of you're you're you're, you're moving to something that's very familiar so there are only a few things Whoa. that you're going to to stand out i was about to ask did you feel the same thing i feel every time i'll buy a new phone where you're like yeah 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 and then a day later it's like it's the same yeah Yeah, (laughs) i did i did but that's fine it's familiarity i don't mind that i don't want something completely new i just to be honest i if if it hadn't been for the battery um and i'm totally aware i could have had the battery replaced in fact i did (laughs) because i give the phone to someone else but i i i I changed the battery before doing that um but yeah i i just thought it was time to upgrade face id is really useful having the the edge-to-edge screen is is nice it took a, a day or two to get used to, but obviously muscle memory in terms of using the phone and so on, it doesn't take long to get used to. So all in all, I'm happy. Um, I, I didn't think I wasn't going to be. And hopefully that'll do me another four years. We'll see. You you, you also lined Apple's wallets recently, didn't you? I did, although I was going to save mine for the story later on, unless you want to do that. That is true. Okay, can I take another another, another yeah. bit of limelight then? Go for it. Um, this, this wasn't a number of weeks ago. However, uh, I was using my iMac as I as I would uh, and I don't I don't really do anything intensive on it really and I don't always use it I have a MacBook Air as well and or an iPad or whatever it just I just use what I need to use when I need to use it and so I was doing a bit of work on it and I, I just noticed it got pretty sluggish to the point at which it was unusable I mean opening Chrome or Safari and I say Safari because I knew you were going to throw the joke in about Chrome being a resource hog iron uh, but I, I opened a few default apps that should not have taken more than a second or two to open and I had acknowledged that I probably needed to perform a clean install of the operating system at some point as it had been installed for a number of years. It was probably getting bogged down, but not to that extent, not to the extent that this was occurring. Really weird, really, really strange. And I, I, all sorts of things come into my head. I recently had changed, not changed, I'd added a, a spur RAM module that I had lying around from a previous iMac. And I had wondered if that had started to go bad, primarily because there were two two uh, RAM chips I had and I put both in and uh, which 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 put the the, the, the RAM 
uh, module to, to full capacity. So there's four RAM slots and I was using all four. And when I put the, the two spare ones in, so I had two free, I put the two spare ones in uh, maybe within the last year and the iMac wouldn't boot up. And so I assumed one of the RAM chips had died and rightfully enough, one had. So I removed one, it didn't work, swapped them out again to see if it was just one and that when I swapped them out, it did work. So obviously I basically pinned it down to that one RAM chip. So I wondered, is that is it starting to go faulty? Is it playing havoc with something? So I pulled it out, um, leaving just the two original RAM chips in. Obviously, it could have been um, the original RAM chips, one of them going bad, but I, I doubted it. And nope, hadn't fixed the problem. Didn't do anything. Still running really slow. So then I thought, right, very, very, very rare would a Mac get a virus or malware, but it does happen. And there has always been that argument that Macs don't get viruses, etc., etc. And yeah, they don't as often. But it is as Mac have become more ubiquitous within the marketplace that the rates at which viruses occur on them has gone up. So I just, I thought, well, to rule out hardware or sorry, to rule out software before I start taking more precarious steps with hardware, I'll reinstall the operating system. And that's when it really went on its legs <laughs> or sorry, its knees, I should say. It did not like that at all. Um, it crashed. And that's the thing. It, it had started to crash within maybe a period of a few hours. It just, it kept crashing. And when I was installing the operating system, it was going to take three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours. Um, and then it just crashed. And so I then kind of came to the realization this is hardware. And so I performed a scan on the hard drive and the diagnostics came back to say the hard drive was fine. But being optimistic, I had hoped it was the hard drive because if it was anything else, that would then require a visit to the Apple Genius. Um, Genii, that, that can be the plural term for geniuses, right? Um, And so... Aaron, I know you'd, you'd done this a while ago and I had planned on doing it. I just hadn't planned on the Mac deciding for me when I was going to do it or series now talking to me, but I, you know, I, I decided to do it um, or I thought I was going to do it in the new year uh, because obviously the hassle of transferring files and so on and so forth. But nope, the Mac decided it was time to do it earlier. So I know you had changed your, your iMac over to a, an SSD mounted externally, um, so not, not within the casing of the iMac, because screw trying to open the iMac up, um, that would just not be something I would be willing to attempt. Practically, you could do it. However, could you imagine if something went wrong with, or you cracked or broke or caused any sort of problems with the screen, or dust? Could you just imagine getting a speck of dust in there? Oh no, um, so that wasn't going to happen. Well, I don't, but, th- but yeah. I don't, think, it's that, I don't think it's that bad. Right, why didn't you do it? You, uh... Well, well, I mean, because it's still bad. I mean, to be fair, you can't get dust in between the screen and the glass because when you cut the sticky around the outside, the display is bonded to the glass. There's no chance of that happening. Um, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. I'm thinking of the previous generations where the, the glass actually detached. Sorry, it doesn't in the, 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 the thinner generation. That's right. Sorry, apologies. I was going to say, point. do you remember when they used to be, uh, that glass Magnets. used to be, it was magnetic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so, so you have yours externally mounted iron, yes? Did. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, sorry, we'll get on to that after. <laughs> There's been a lot of developments recently. So yeah, Aaron had his externally mounted. Um, and so I knew from his analysis that, 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 that it was okay. It's not going to, to, to exploit the full capacity of an SSD, but comparative to a hard disk drive, it's night and day. So ordered the caddy, ordered the, the SSD, and oh my goodness, it solved the problem in minutes. And I do mean minutes. Um, the operating system installed lightning scary speeds. It was just, it was like using a new machine, and it has been ever since. The, the, it's been running just fine. Although, did notice, and this is only for the benefit of anyone who, who ever has to do something similar, I did notice that the one of the internal fans, after installing onto the SSD and running from the SSD, which is obviously outside of the casing, one of the 
external fans started to do its own thing, you know, just booting up. And, and obviously the fans are capable of, of getting loud, but they really only do under severe pressure. So, and it, this was happening very randomly and sporadically. So I did a bit of digging online. And funnily enough, other people have the same issue. When they boot from an external SSD, the iMac, obviously one of the temperature sensors within the hard disk drive, maybe because the, the disk drive isn't booting, maybe it gets warm, or maybe it's not getting warm, the, the, the sensor's just being back incorrect information, I don't know. For some reason, it does something funky. Um, there is a bit of software you can get uh, online which resolves that problem. So after installing that app, all is well. And I feel like I have a new machine. And again, the person inside of me who is against modern day consumerism because we don't need to purchase new products just for the sake of it um, is happy that I was able to continue using the iMac without having to buy a new one unnecessarily. So all is well. I feel and the iMac lives to tell the tale. I feel like that was I feel like that was a dig. A what? A dig. A dig. Oh uh, it As in wasn't. consumerism and you the iMac to live another day and <laughs> <laughs> like, It actually wasn't you, but what, now you said yes, yes it was. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> uh yeah um no but i just at this moment in time i will upgrade eventually but i just i i just don't use it enough to do so i think you do though um at least that's I mean, your excuse right i'd gotten to the point where like the imac was either crashing all the time and that was just irritating like it would kernel panic in its sleep and stuff like that which i'm pretty sure reinstalling the os <laughs> reinstalling the os probably would have fixed 99 percent of my problems so my solution to reinstalling the os was to buy a new one um <laughs> Because that's what I do. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, I can't. I, I don't know what the decision making process was. If that makes sense, like it just sort of happened. Um, I just sort of accidentally stumbled into the Apple Store online and clicked buy. Um, mm. At least I don't no, have you a didn't. fan problem because I don't because no, I no, don't you, have a you, fan. You, you didn't. You went onto the Apple Store, spacked it, and then hit buy, and then texted you about once every hour for the next two and a half weeks. <laughs> ask where. It was <laughs> yeah something like that oh man that was that is the longest i've ever had to wait for an apple product i just for the, anyone who doesn't know i going from a 2013 imac which is around the same year you have 27 inch imac you know it was decent for its time i had what you've done and i had an external ssd just via usb not the quickest thing in the world but a damn sight faster than that internal drive as you now know um, was that a dig was that was that a dig now you've got an m1 yeah. chip is that what you're trying to say yeah, peasant. Oh, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, um, <laughs> Intel peasants over there. Um, <laughs> You've just offended a lot of people. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Um, it's just it's the M1 and the AMD. We we kind of live over there now. Um, so I had 2013, 27-inch iMac. Um, I mean, it's still quad-core. It's not hyper-threaded, so it's like four-core, four-threads, I think. Um, you know, it has 24 gigs of RAM. It has its own NVIDIA graphics card because it's in the days when they didn't hate each other. Um, like, it's still a really quick machine. And it, I think it genuinely came as a shock to me this year when Apple like, ah, Big Sur doesn't run on it. It's like, okay. That was I came out of left field slightly. Um didn't expect Apple to to obsolete hours, especially when I think like in the twenty twelve like uh, machines that are slightly earlier, but like the MacBook or something still still supported 
So slightly odd. Um, did find a way of getting Big Sur onto it. Um, there's a Big Sur patter, I think, and that works really well. It's sat up on the shelf now and it's running uh, Big Sur just fine. Some things are a little funky. Um, I think I came or I got pretty lucky because, which is even doubly uh, weird why they obsoleted it. The um, You don't actually need to run the patcher on the 2013 version because everything is supported. You just have to basically turn off the uh, install check that checks whether you've got a supported Mac. You, you disable that and it will just install fine. Like Apple clearly have all the drivers in there for everything. You know, the Nvidia chip worked fine. Everything was grand. Um, but it was showing its age slightly, I think, when it got to that point. Put Big Sur on it and things were, were getting a little slow. Um, and I think another big thing this year is I kind of got bored of being tied to my desk so much. Mm. I've had a laptop. I've had a MacBook Pro in the past. Um, I went from a MacBook Pro actually to the iMac back in 2013. And I, you know, I've been there, done that with the laptop and external display, which is another thing. Um, and there was a reason I went to the all-in-one, as as you know, like the all-in-one is just it just works. When you when you use it in the morning, you just you just press a button on the keyboard and it's as if by magic it just works. And you know, I've quickly learned again that when you introduce third parties, such as external displays, not made by Apple, it gets a little less, it just works. Um so I wanted to go back to, to, to a laptop. I wanted to be more mobile. I wanted the option of, you know what, I want to go work at the kitchen table. I want to go work in the living room. I want to go lay in bed or whatever. Um, you know, I just got bored of when you work from home and you also basically sit here on the weekends as well. Like you're here, you're in this one spot all week staring at the same thing. I wanted the option to be mobile. So I wanted to go back to, to, to some kind of laptop. And the M1 stuff had launched on the, or people pre ordered on the 11th i think it launched on like 17th um and the reviews started coming in um started watching a bunch of reviews on youtube and it was like oh like this thing is a game changer like we thought it would be good but like it's this thing is beyond good like apple have absolutely smashed it out of the park on their first air quotes first uh attempt and i think another couple of days went by and i think it was like the 20th or 21st that i actually ended up pulling the trigger on a m1 macbook air 60 uh, the eight core GPU version, 16 gigs of RAM, one terabyte SSD. So basically as high as you can go aside from the SSD. I didn't go for the two terabytes. I on my iMac I had one terabyte and I only used 500 gigs. So I didn't, I didn't need to. Um and I think I had a two to three week delivery window, which just like, oh, that was that was <laughs> painful. Honestly, I couldn't think of anything. It was so bad. <laughs> I mean, I said to you multiple times, like I've never Never wanted. Well, this is weird. I've never wanted a company to charge my credit cards so much. Like it's just such an odd. I don't know what came over me. Um, you, I mean, your it was inner like child came out. I can confirm. Aaron's inner child did, in fact, come out. Yeah. I mean, it was it was odd. Um, I I I don't know. I think the last time when I pre-ordered the or ordered the AirPods, like the original AirPods. And they, I looked at my, I still have the screenshot, I think, from my pre-order. And it said, like, arrives in six weeks. It was like, oh. And I just ended up paying over the odds and buying them off someone on the Mac Rumors forums, I think. Um, I mean, I got to the point where I actually built a script to run in Terminal. That every five minutes, it would check <laughs> Apple Store stock. So I, 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 I chose two stores nearby, told it the spec I wanted. And every five minutes, it would check the stock availability in those stores of that specific 
specific machine because the 16 gig one terabyte option is an is, is an option that apple do occasionally stock it's it's not quite built to configure all the time or built to order sorry um and never showed up not once like i ran that thing for two and a half weeks nothing um ended up getting two and a half weeks later you know i've been using it for a little over a week now um i moved into the didn't want to go smaller on the display obviously going for a 27 inch display on the iMac quite enjoyed that it's a very nice display so i moved up to a 34 inch ultra wide just the same it's the same resolution height wise it's just it's 3440 by 1440 as opposed to 2560 by 1440 great display a pretty good deal i've had oh a merry-go-round i think we'll say of uh display connectivity issues um which i think i've solved now um i ended up getting the cal digit dock as well which is pricey but has been absolutely faultless i love like a big change from my 2011 macbook pro last time out is i love just being able to like one cable and that's it you know i've got all this stuff connected one cable into the macbook into the macbook air because that's power as well this thing is super quick the ssds are insanely fast the screen is lovely keyboard trackpad you know everything is amazing um m1 support apps wise has been really rock solid as far as i can tell the only thing that i struggled with is i was using google drive and backup and sync just doesn't work it just flat out doesn't work in on the m1 it works on Big Sur because I had it on my iMac just doesn't work on the M1 so I just pulled the plug and switched over to iCloud Drive and that's been fine obviously um, I can confirm everything when you say about your script and terminal and your anticipation because any serious conversation we had in that period <laughs> would go from yeah, blah, 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 serious conversation serious chat serious conversation very serious conversation chat, 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 chat. and my M1 chip's not here yet well, I mean, that was... it just, it didn't help because <laughs> like every day a new video was coming up. Yeah. Someone else was, you know, people were pitching it against. So my work laptop, mm-hmm. um, not, I, I didn't purchase this. Obviously the, the, the laptop provided by work is a 2019 16 inch MacBook Pro. It's the eight core, core i9 with the beefed up graphics card, 32 gigs of RAM. Like that thing is three and a half thousand pounds. I think like it's insane. This M1 MacBook Air that doesn't have a fan absolutely smashes it out of the park. That's a 8-core, 16-thread i9 versus Apple's own chip that doesn't need a fan. Mm, it's scary, isn't it? insane yeah. um, how much faster it has been for me. Um, it did take away like some of the new experience because I've already used Touch ID, I've already used the new keyboard, I've already seen the displays. Like, it's like This stuff's all really nice, but I've used it every day for work. Um, but yeah, so far everything seems to be working. I'm recording Recording on it now, you know, Audio Hijack is is working fine. Um, Firefox just got updated this week for M1 support. Got a little app called Silicon Info in my menu bar, um, and you click on it, and every app, whatever app is in the foreground, it tells you what it is, and it's slowly getting less and less of that Intel. Um, oh, just one more quick thing, sorry, and then I'm done. Running iOS apps is awesome and weird, and everything you'd expect it to be. Some apps work really well, some aren't available, and some are as bad as you think they might be. But just being able able to do it is kind of cool like uh, overcast is my podcatcher of choice on ios and unless you wanted to use the website there's been no option for the mac well you can just run the ipad app and it works fine um there's a few others i've got as well um that just are weird like it's weird running the iphone apps don't work so well because if it's an ipad app that can be resized it kind of works like any normal mac window like you can drag it around make it bigger make it smaller if it's an iphone only app it 
it runs at the size of an iPhone and you can't do anything about that. Um, this one, there's some others I've got. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, everything else seems fine. I'm impressed with I'm generally yeah, generally impressed with it so far. Um, yeah, well worth the money. I I believe we should um we should take this opportunity to to make sure that's all you have on it, Aaron, because I'm nearly oh. sure you could have taken us to the new year. Well, I mean, I could. I'm uh, I'm <laughs> sure I'll have more to talk about it in the next episode as I find more out. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's finally I think waiting seven or eight years to upgrade has finally like paid off. Like I don't have that like we were talking about with the iPhone earlier where you buy it and it's the same but quicker like this mm. thing is it's so new to me because i've waited so like all the years of not getting in you know not getting drawn in by a shiny new mac has uh has finally paid, paid off. off paid off but you've had to pay for it and yes apple yeah, know I, how to to get cash from people they really do i just don't look at my wallet just don't. <laughs> that's, that's the it's 2020 money is but a number no, i'm kidding <laughs> it's yeah. it does hurt although the, I, again sorry i know these are very reasonably priced you know the mac MacBook S still starts at under a thousand pounds. I know that's still very expensive for what it is, but it's you know to, to go and spec one of these up. If you, if you go for the eight core, sixteen gig, one terabyte, it's like fifteen hundred pounds. Which what it is really like that's pretty competitively priced across the market. It's really not that bad. You know what? Just yeah, we, we need to push because we're we're really tough for time. But actually, that's a fair point. I think I sent you something in the last number of weeks about that. In that I I saw an advert for a certain type of laptop. Um, it wasn't it was wasn't an Apple product, and I'm nearly sure it was plus £2,000. And when you looked at the spec, it was pretty rubbish, um, which I was really surprised at, because PCs can be be workhorses and powerhouses if, if spec'd correctly. There's no issue with that. Uh, when I say PCs, I mean Windows laptops or Windows desktops. But but this, and, and then I, I sent you it, and I said, well, all of a sudden, the, the price you've paid for your Mac, Macs were always seen to be expensive and, and overpriced, quote, but actually, I think PCs are catching up to some extent. Obviously, there are ones you can, you, you, if you build your own, for example, you can get a really cost-effective, extremely powerful computer. So it doesn't apply in all cases, but sometimes, just sometimes, it's not really much of a difference. And, I think and, um, yeah, so. Yeah, you're right. I think to buy a quality laptop now, it's over a thousand pounds. I think even mm. to to get a, you know, you can get bang for your buck in the PC world. You're not wrong, but I still think for a complete system, it's over a thousand pounds if you want to stay in the Intel world. Um, none of this stuff is cheap anymore. Like I've been watching a load of L- LGR uh, Laser Game Reviews videos on YouTube. And he just, you know, reviews, not reviews, but shows off, you know, laptops from 2004 or 1994 or whatever it is. And like he's had some Dells and Toshibas and Aces that, you know, back in 2004, 2005, those things were two, three, four thousand dollars. You know, it's like yeah. stuff isn't that bad, although we are justifying it. point. <laughs> we are indeed. We are. Uh, speaking of justifying, Facebook have, well, they're trying to justify their, their viewpoint on this whole privacy scandal with Apple. The EFF have sided with Apple. They've slammed Facebook's criticism of iOS 14's privacy features as, quote, laughable. Uh, we said about it at the start of the show, we said we'd discuss it. We're not going to go on for, for very long, but essentially, Facebook has spent this entire last week publicly publicly criticizing Apple's plans to add new privacy features to iOS 14. Facebook slammed Apple's plan changes, um, but on the same vein, the Electronic Frontier Foundation has now come out on Apple's side saying Facebook's criticisms are laughable. So in 2021, Apple will roll out a new app tracking transparency feature, which will require that companies receive permission from users before tracking users across other apps and websites. And the feature was initially planned for iOS 14, but Apple delayed the rollout to give developers more time to plan around 
around it. As the release of the app tracking transparency feature nears, Facebook has engaged in public PR battles against Apple. They say that the new changes will harm small businesses and affect the ability for businesses to reach new customers. Apple, on the other hand, says the feature will not require Facebook or sorry, require Facebook to change its approach to tracking users instead only to seek permission. And that is true. And so number one, Facebook's argument about how this will damage small businesses. I am nearly sure most small businesses do not use big data the way they like of Facebook would. They just don't. They don't collect it. They don't have the means to process it. They don't want to process it and they have no use for it. Data is very valuable, but only for companies who harvest it, use it and sell it through advertising and so on. It's only useful when you have a lot of it. I don't think my information to a small business is going to be worth for it's worth something, of course, but having a billion users' data is much more valuable and useful than having a hundred thousand. So Facebook's argument, whilst there is a little bit of something to it, there's very little merit. On the same vein, as Apple said, well, well they're not changing anything. They're not causing them to, to have to do anything. All they're wanting or doing or changing it to is for Facebook have to seek prior permission. And I think Facebook are now going, oh wait, when people look at the list of everything we're doing and tracking and what we're doing it for, they might think twice about it. And that's the point. Do I feel, do, do I sound motivated about this? Do I sound passionate? That is the, that's the thing. So clearly Facebook know there's something to hide. Has to be, right? I mean, if, if Facebook were open and honest and transparent and happy enough to openly share what they were tracking and uh, right in front of the user and ask their permission seems to be they're a little bit worried now doesn't it yeah i mean i think facebook uh, cropped up in the news um about this several times i think one of them was saying like facebook you know say this could impact their business or you know they could lose x revenue it's like that sounds like you've built a business on the back of someone else's garden. You know, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You, you, you've built this on the fact that Apple not allow it to happen, or I, I don't know what the right word is, but it, it just sounds like a flimsy business model or best, you know? Yeah. Well, this stuff was always going to happen. I don't, I don't think relying on the EU to make it, or relying on Apple to make it happen, sorry, was, uh, was always going to be the case. I think this kind of backlash against um, data collection, I mean, people are, are way more savvy. Like, I think Joe Public is way more in tune with it. I know when we started talking about Facebook especially, but kind of, a, you know, privacy in general online, um, a good number of years ago now, we always said that people don't care this, uh, if the service is convenient. You know, people hand over that data for something free or for something convenient. Well, I think in, in 2020, going into 21, I think Joe Public is more than aware um, of something goes on behind the scenes. I don't think everyone's like fully versed on, on the owls or the what's or the why's but I think if you ask a lot of people now they will be generally aware that you know whilst the service they use is free it is it is not free if that makes sense yeah, um, people know that something means. is happening yeah um, I think all Facebook are doing I mean I don't think most people are going to see this type of thing it's one of the another one of those things that just gets uh, confined to the tech world slightly um, well maybe not but um, yeah, this is going to blow maybe up maybe not this time yeah yeah it's going to blow up in Facebook's face more than Apple's because it's like I think that's why Facebook Facebook are trying to drag the oh feel sorry for the small business thing into it because otherwise yeah. it just sounds like oh Apple are you know cutting off our money stream because we can't steal your data like they just can't word that in a good way so I think they have to go oh but poor small businesses 
And ironically, it has nothing to do with small businesses. I don't care. It doesn't. It genuinely doesn't. No. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that rolls out coming into the new year when Apple introduced the features. It will be interesting to see how Apple or Facebook respond. Certainly, I think the public and the consumers have, have definitely sided with Apple in this one um, on the whole. And so this might just completely just, just turn around and and, and, and it, it not do anything good for Facebook, but like that. It hasn't helped their argument. Um, and I don't think they have any support through it. So we'll see. Um, it would be interesting to tie the story about phone addiction. There's a study that's saying it's not driven by notifications. Uh, however, that's so interesting, actually, and I'm being genuine in saying that. We're going to leave it for next week because we are tight for time. But um, speaking of of not doing yourself any favors, PayPal have introduced a new fee for dormant accounts. PayPal will introduce a nine pound inactivity fee for anyone whose account has been dormant for at least a year but still has some money left in it <laughs> so basically if you don't plan on using your paypal account just empty it <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make sense does it I mean, that's um, good from, rule of thumb the, generally anyway well well yes and um, we'll get on to that in a second so from the 16th of december the annual fee will be charged or the entire balance if less facebook says it will consider the account to be inactive if the user hasn't sent received or withdrawn money or logged in or a year or more. Importantly, that means users can avoid the fee simply by logging in. Uh, it's aimed at those who might have signed up to PayPal years ago because they wanted to try it eBay or something similar, but soon give up. It won't be applied to those who have a zero balance where there's a credit or debit card linked to the account. PayPal says it will only take the fee from the balance and not a linked card or bank account. It says it will warn inactive customers in advance when the fee is set to be charged and, and be aware of scammers trying to use this as a way to log in as well. Customers unsure of an email warning about a new fee are advised not to click on the link, open a new page and sign in securely and that's best practice with any sort of email you get, especially when it involves um, money or financial information or information in general. So basically the only people they're penalising are the ones who aren't using the accounts but have money in it. But really the ones who have money in it would probably have more invested than the ones who don't. Um, initially this sounded a lot worse than it is but I still don't see what the point is. Uh, you're, you're really not that they're not taking it from debit credit cards because that would just be totally wrong and i think they would have a, a massive uproar if they did they're taking it from a balance a paypal balance but only if you haven't logged in a year and if you haven't logged in more than a year and you have nothing in your account or your balance it won't apply to you i mean um, and obviously the easy way to get around it is just to log in but as you said rightly Aaron, do not leave money in your paypal account paypal have been known for a long time to to do weird and and just not justified things uh, more so to, to merchants but but they do freeze accounts randomly a pending investigation and so on there have been those those stories so really um, and on top of that it's probably I'm not saying it's easy to get into a PayPal account because it's not and you give it that that PayPal are and I, I, I prefer to use PayPal when I'm when processing a payment online because I would rather have the responsibility of safety with one processor and merchant i.e. PayPal than using multiple sites and putting my details into them multiple times. So that's where PayPal is useful but in terms of keeping money in the account I would rather the money was in my bank. I, I just would. Aaron? Yeah, I mean this thing felt like a headline grabber um, especially some of the headlines that uh, news websites use for that. Um, I don't, I still don't get it. Like if this is just you want to remind people that they have a PayPal account, I feel like there's better ways of doing that. You could just nudge people, you know, just you have their email address. If GDPR or whatever allows, just send them an email going by the way, you have X 
balance in your account, you can spend it at all these great places. Like, just weird. As you say, not taking it from link. Like, it's not a charge for... They're not moving to a, a charge or a subscription for using PayPal or anything like that. If you, if you have, you know, a link card they're not charging like it's just it's a really odd way of telling people they have uh they have unused balance just <laughs> isn't it yeah. yeah if you unused balance don't bother using it we've just taken it out of your account yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean i i never leave money in my paypal account i know you don't aaron i would highly suggest that no one does um for for various reasons so it's not going to apply to us i'm sure i log into paypal more yeah. than once a year anyway um so again yeah i mean it doesn't I, really apply i use it probably like three times a week at this rate but um yeah, I mean, you hear all the horror stories of, of people who have, you know, PayPal have suspended their account or been locked out or whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah. general rule of thumb is if you if you can avoid it or if you, if you can link a bank account up to it, get that money out of there. Yeah, 100%. PayPal, Facebook, they have a bit of groveling to do to get themselves back in the good books of people. Um, and as a whole, Apple have yet again got the support of both the media and the, the general public and consumers. Sometimes it pays just to, to do nothing. And I guess in Facebook's case, they didn't understand that. That brings it to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Join us next week. will be Boxing Day, the episode's released on, um, for episode 520. And of course, please have a safe, enjoyable Christmas in whatever form it takes for you this year. Uh, and we'll join us one last time next week for the last episode of 2020 until then you can find further episodes of the show munchtech.tv our newsletter munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter the ultimate guide to podcasting munchtech.tv forward slash ultimate podcast guide and contrary to what aaron said whether you're listening on an android or ios device or anything else munchtech.tv forward slash munchtech or sorry <laughs> munchtech.tv forward slash mobile for our mobile apps as always thank you so much for taking the time to join us join us next week until then have a safe, enjoyable week and Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.